Bienvenidos. How are you guys doing? Oh man, I got a good episode for you guys. And this episode is brought to you by Bicycle Nomad Cafe. It's a coffee shop in downtown Phoenix that is delicious. It's cool. It's hip. You could go ride your bike there. They're going to fix your bike, whatever type of messed up problems we have with it. But what really attracted me to this place was... The delicious coconut espressos. and Oh, man. And I'm bringing everybody over there. But with that said, uh, I started becoming a regular um, going to this uh, cafe. And this coconut espresso is just delicious. You got to try it. The, the natural, sweet um, coconut water mixed with the espresso that's put in. Just it's such a good, well mixture to make it smooth and nice and sweet and delicious and you get a quattro to get on with your day and jumping jacking all over the goddamn place. <laughs> but, so give a listen because this guy is actually quite interesting, more so than I thought. And it's weird how the things you find out when you just ask a simple question to just dive deep into a person to get to know them better. And next thing you find out, they rode their bike on a bicycle pedaling from Canada all the way to Tijuana and oh man this guy has adventures up the ass to just make you entertained and make you want to jump on a bike and uh, pursue and commit through some adventurous times just like how this guy did so Eric Cedeno giving you a shout out I appreciate you being on the podcast brother we're gonna network and do some other projects soon, and to the listeners, I gave you the owner of Bicycle Nomad Cafe, and enjoy, give a listen. Okay, I'm just going to start it now. Eric, welcome to uh, Practice Perspective Podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I've been coming to this cafe uh, for quite a while because uh, you sell uh, the um, coconut espressos. Yeah. I never encountered before. It was awesome. It was just so intriguing. I had to try it, and it was delicious. And so, Glad you like it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it wasn't really until uh, I heard you play Manu Chao or mm-hmm. I knew there's like, oh man, this guy's interesting. I gotta get his perspective, man. This guy, because Manu Chao, he's a really great artist. And just like how you said, the song uh, Despacito, Despacito. It's very, very deep. And, uh, and so I had to invite you on my podcast. Yeah, thank yeah. you again. Thank you for having me. This is an uh, interesting um, perspective uh, yeah. that, that you're saying that with a song or an artist like Manu Chao, you were able to capture capture who I was but um, yeah I'm, I'm excited about yeah, this man, yeah, yeah. Glad you're here. so you're already telling me uh, a little bit before but uh, to get your perspective man I want to go all the way back uh, where you came from and where you were born and raised all the way in Panama yes oh man yes. yeah so tell so me I was uh, born in Panama and um, I always go every time I go to ch- thinking about my child memories. I always think about my mom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I always say I had the perfect mom for my soul. 
uh, why I say that is that I am the same person that I was when I was 5, 6, 7, 10, 12, 15 years old. Mm. Um, and she allowed me to be this person to explore just everything, you know, uh, explore cultures, explore myself, um, explore just anything I wanted to do, I was allowed to do as a kid, you know. I remember um, we used to walk around. Uh, every Fridays, we used to walk from my house to this McDonald's, um, about a mile and a half. Mm -hmm. And we did that for many years. Every Friday, we never miss. We always walk to McDonald's. Sometimes with my two brothers, sometimes me and my mom. Mm -hmm. And but just talk. It's like routine? It's like routine, routine, every Friday. Every Friday evening, we'll go to McDonald's. And that was like your thing, your guys' thing to do to make sure not to miss? Like, yeah. Oh, oh, nice. And um, long story short, uh, we would just go to the McDonald's and turn around. Never eat at the McDonald's? Uh, yeah, we ate at McDonald's and then turn around. And I think I was about nine years old or eight years old. My mom said that I was walking past McDonald's, she she used to catch public transportation, bus and, and taxis and stuff. And one time she was in a bus going to work and saw me about three miles from the house mm -hmm. and said, what are you doing? And my response to her was, I wanted to see what was past McDonald's. Because um, I was curious as a child, mm -hmm. how come we only went to McDonald's and then <laughs> never went past that? So. Anyways, and she never was upset, you know? She just understood. Yeah. And then but took me curious. home. Yeah. Okay. And um, so I, that's why I say I think I was born to the perfect mom. I don't know if anyone would have been able to handle that as a kid. But, you know, um, at the age of 12, uh, my mom traveled a lot. And at the age of 12, we went to Mexico for two weeks from Panama to Mexico to explore uh, and to see to learn about the Mayan civilization and, uh -huh. the, and the Aztec civilization. So we went up to the temples. You understand at a kid that was 12 years old, um, I mean, just, it changed my world, you know, to see and to be able to climb those pyramids and to know the history of that civilization. Yeah, wow. Um, and my mom did that, you know, took me out of school for two weeks. And I remember my mom and dad had a conversation about that, why my dad was like, why did you take him out of school? For two weeks to go to Mexico, you know. Two weeks is a long time in school. Yeah. yeah. So my mom says she he learns more. He learns more on these trips than he does in school, you know. So again, so when we talk about childhood, I could only go about to the person that that raised me to be the man who I am today, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's uh, that's good stuff. Yeah. Sounds like your mother was very wise, and she already knew. Um, no matter. I mean, school, we go there, it's routine, and they kind of just tell us what to do, and then we do it. It's not really getting embedded in our brain to actually yeah. learn with, by curiosity, by touching, by actually being in an environment and asking questions. And so, yeah, man, it sounds like your, your mom did a good start. To yeah, she did. She did. And again, she allowed my spirit to be who I am today, and I'm still finding what's past McDonald's. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I think that's so good, man, because a lot of people like to stay in their comfort zone, you know? They, like, they don't like to go past McDonald's. Mm -hmm. they, they want, they, they're comfortable with just where they're at, the road, 
uh, to McDonald's and back. <laughs> and, and that's okay. I mean, they're happy. And then, yeah. But sometimes I kind of want to drag them, like, there's so much more. Just come experience mm. and dive in the deep end. Mm. And uh, so it sounds like you got a quite an adventurous soul to want you to... Yeah, I don't know if it's an adventure soul or anything other than I know that the trips and the travels uh, feeds my soul, you know? Yeah. Um, you know how we feed our stomach yeah. with food? Yeah, this yeah. actually feeds my, st- my yeah. soul, you know? Yeah. And um, so I opened this coffee shop about a year ago. I haven't traveled since then. I try to do some, um, some local trips here and there, but I haven't been able to do the trips that I have done in the past for the past nine years, ten years. I decided to travel by bike around this country. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. I worked as an independent contractor, so I had two or three months off, and I didn't know what to do with those three months. So my first, well, I was doing local trips in Miami to Key West and back and things like that, but I one day thought about going from Vancouver, Canada to Tijuana, Mexico. I wanted to go from border to border. So I decided to do it through um, the Pacific Coast Highway, and you biked all the way from Canada to Tijuana? Yeah. Oh, so man. So that was about 2,200 miles. It took me about 39 days and just camping out along the way. And um, That's awesome. I, 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 that's awesome. Was it very, uh, was it what you thought it was? Like, how yeah. was it? Yeah, actually, it was challenging. It's, um, it, it pushed me to limits that, to places that I didn't know. I mean, listen, I, I saw beautiful things, right? Mm-hmm. But more about the physical it took me to places mentally and, and spiritually um that i didn't know that was there you know nice so I like it, um so I, I i was i see i traveled by bike about 10 hours 11 hours a day not all straight because i love taking pictures i love engaging with people i love engaging with nature so within those 10 hours i have to do a certain amount of miles on the average, I do between 75 to 85 miles. Wow. Um, and I have to make sure that I stay within um, those time frame of 10 hours or 11 hours that I have of daylight. Okay. Um, so you, you didn't bike uh, at night at all? I, you know, sometimes uh, you have to because you, you miscalculate uh, or you have a flat tire or you... you you met someone else and, and, and you started talking for longer than you had expected. Yeah. And, you know, one thing that people are like, why you keep going out there? Um, I just love the, the lessons that you learn when you're on the road. Um, and it teaches you to be in the present moment, right? So yeah. um, you can't think about the day before. So the day before you travel 75 miles and you're like, oh, yeah, but you can't. You can't think about the past and you can't think about the future. So I can't think about, okay, I have 1,200 miles or 1,500 miles to get to San Diego or Tijuana. Yeah. Because you get overwhelmed, yeah. right? You get overwhelmed. Mentally. Mentally. Right. So you just like, that's too many miles. Yeah. So you don't analyze things like that. You just analyze, I'm going to go from here to Tempe. And then from Tempe to Mesa, like that. Yeah. Break so it down. you break it down oh. per day. Uh, that's how I break down my trips, and I don't go past whatever I could, you know, five miles, ten miles. Okay. But um, if you're having a conversation with someone, um, you can't just cut that conversation um, just because you you have to go, 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 yeah. right? So you understand? So 
the mind's telling you, oh, you got to go, you got to go. But the other side of the man is like, this is the deep conversation I'm having with someone. Yeah. You know, it happened to me one time. I was traveling about two years ago from New Orleans, Louisiana. I went up to Toronto, Canada. And what I did is I followed the history of the Underground Railroad by bicycle. Oh, nice. So I went to historical sites of the Underground Railroad. Yeah. Um, and so I... didn't have water in my bottle, right? So what I did was I saw a Buddhist temple and I said, well, I'm going to ask for water. Right. <laughs> so I at walked the in at the, the Buddhist, Buddhist temple. temple. Yeah, it's okay. the closest place that I saw where I could get water, mm -hmm. right? So I went into the Buddhist temple and I asked for water and the monk says, oh, where are you coming from? Where are you going? Because he saw the bags and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, um, I'm coming from New Orleans. I'm going to Toronto. And I'm researching the history of the Underground Railroad. There were Cambodian uh, monks. They're just 10, 10 miles south of Columbus, Ohio. So they fill up my water and he says, um, have you, did you eat already? I said, no, but I'll eat when I get to my campground. Oh man. And so my mind is saying, it's already five o'clock, I better get going. Yeah. And he says, you're welcome to eat with us. And I never eaten with um, monks before, you know, yeah. Buddhist monks, Buddhist never. Monks. So, but my mind was saying, it's five o'clock. I still got 10 miles to go. It'll take me about an hour to get to just my campground. Analyzing, just trying analyzing to what, he, just, what the opportunity was going on. Yeah. And all of a sudden, something clicked and says, but you never eaten with monks. And that's what I was telling you about the present moment. You oh, know? man, that's so, awesome. So, yeah. so the future is telling you, oh, I got to go, I got to go. But the other side is saying, you never had this opportunity before. Yeah, new experience. So I said, you know what? If I have to write at night, I'll write at night. But I, I don't know if I will ever be able to sit down and have dinner with seven monks. That's awesome. That's so we sat down. We had a beautiful meal, yeah. uh, a lot of conversation about the philosophy of Buddhism. And after, you know, we were washing our dishes, one of the monks says, where are you going to sleep tonight? I said, oh, I have the campground set up. And, well, you're welcome to uh, sleep with us. Yeah. Wow. Dang. And um, so I slept at the temple that night. And, um, and like that, I have stories um, after stories of, of places that I have been and how kind and, and compassionate people have been throughout my trip. I never had an incident that um, that I felt uh, danger. Yeah. Never. Uh, people have been very compassionate. It's crazy. It's kind of like how the uh, the natural occurrence of just you going to the, the, the Buddhist temple and, mm. and, and of course being so kind and offering but it's like uh, our norms like we don't think that like they'll be so kind to offer up their uh, meal and a place to sleep and it's nice it's nice when it happens it's like very grounding and mm -hmm. it's like the universe can strive to you like hey hey relax you're doing all this physical exhaustion this physical work and mm -hmm. you're worrying but like just be in the present moment yeah that's that's awesome i like that yeah, yeah. And of, of course and it's buddhist monks too like yeah that's that's probably a, a great experience you had it was it was amazing but um the night before I stayed with uh, a firefighters, um, there was a big storm coming down and I had about 20 miles, 25 miles to my campground. And um, I was just looking for shelter and I walked into the closest place that I saw that was safe. And I asked the chief 
of this fire department in Kentucky, uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky, and um, and they allowed me to stay in uh, inside the, the the station. You know. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah. So firefighters too, huh? Firefighters. Nice. Yes, yes, That's yes, cool, yes. man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. One time I was um, riding through, I don't know, maybe Alabama or something, or Mississippi, I think, and small town, maybe 500, 700 people. And I couldn't find a campground, so I went and asked uh, uh, a sheriff where at where can I stay? You know where it could be comfortable. They allowed me to stay at a, a little league baseball field uh, for the night. You know, and they oh, kept yeah. checking on me every night, like every hour or every three hours. They would come down. And, nice. Yeah. Did you? I, I gotta know how how was your like sleep like? Cause it's hard for me to fall asleep at a, like a new location just because it's a new location it's mm. not like it's uncomfortable you feel like you're in danger but mm. a lot of flight attendants have trouble sleeping but just because they move around a lot so it kind of yeah. messes up their sleep system their yeah. biological clock so uh, like did you get really good rest just like having these natural occurrences of people like offering like oh hey you get, you're more than welcome to sleep here here like how, how did you how's your uh, it depends sleep? on where it is I mean if I'm sleeping at a little league baseball field um, uh, <laughs> you know I don't know who's around so I yeah. am very conscious of that so yeah, yeah, my sleep yeah. is if if I hear a very noise minimal, I, could, I yeah. could yeah I could get up really quick but if I'm sleeping with monks <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. sleeping deep man yeah. you know so it depends some, on where I sleep yeah you know? some good rest at, at, at the Buddhist monk yeah very good yeah, yeah, very, yeah, very good. <laughs> nice nice man wow so um what kind of got you into doing these crazy long uh, like bike tri- uh, trips? Uh, did just one day you just had the thought of like, oh, this would be cool to do, and then you did it, or like, did someone kind of like talk you in like into doing these long trips mm-hmm. of biking? Oh, this is because so, this is all on bike, and then you have your camp gear in your backpack. Yeah, and I don't. Your, yeah, I have equipment. what like, we call you're ready to camp out, Yeah, right? we yeah. carry. Everything, tools, some food, yeah. uh, clothes, toothpaste, yeah, toothbrush, everything. Yeah. Um, I again, I've been curious since I was a kid, and I used to race triathlon, and I used to run like half marathons, and I've done a couple of marathons. Um, but I just get bored mm-hmm. of the same scenery over and mm-hmm. over and over. So um, I want to see more. And I constantly have to see more yeah. to feed my soul. That's good. I, and that's healthy, yeah. It's, I think it really does feed the soul. I'm in the same department with you. Yeah. Uh, just new experiences. Yeah, just traveling and having culture shock and meeting new people. And now what's really getting to me is, uh, uh, I, just like I was saying before, I was checking out your Facebook and I was like one of your posts where it's like, I don't like small talk. I like long conversations, long, deep. Mm. And uh, just doing some other travelings of my own, uh, it's great to meet new people and new places. But now I'm like getting more interested. Like, oh man, a conversation could go long ways too. Conversations know? can make you travel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It can make you travel. Yeah. yeah. I'm definitely gonna want to go on one of your bike rides someday. <laughs> yeah. Do you? Do you? Uh, is it all by yourself or have you had yeah, friends I always before? Go. No, I always go by myself. Not 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 for choice, but it's just uh, it's hard to get someone to. Yeah. To so next week I'm going from Flagstaff to New um, to LA. 
like I said to Elliot. 520 miles. I only have five to six days to complete it. So I have to do about 100 miles a day. Yeah? Um, That's... Sounds yeah. like a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's my birthday, so yeah? that's how I celebrate. Oh yeah, my birthday, that's how yeah. Oh man, how old are you turning? I'm 43 now. 43. Oh man, well, you look good for 43. <laughs> yeah, thank you, man. Uh, how long did it take you to grow all these long, uh, these dreads? That's uh, so. This is uh, six years. Six years. Yeah, oh, six okay. years in November. Yeah. This November was six years. It looks like about 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> it grows fast. Yeah. It's no, it looks good though. Um, yeah. I gotta ask though, is it? I hear uh, it's more of a lifestyle. It kind of changes you once you decide to like grow uh, mm. dreadlocks and have that that style. I heard it um, kind of changes um, a little bit of your character. Not like so much to be a different person, but I, I hear um, it does kind of change you. Does it change you? Does it make you more patient? Well, yeah. I mean, there's there's lessons with everything, right? So. Yeah. The, uh, the growing pain of, uh, of growing your hair uh, teaches you patience, you know, but, but it goes deeper than that, man. It goes deeper than that. It's, um, you know, it's if you read, uh, recently I read uh, this article about Native Americans and how they grow yes, their hair yes. and why they grow this their hair. This is why I brought it up, yeah. Mm -hmm. the, the um, um, you know, people believe that dreadlocks uh, started in Jamaica with Rastafarian, but dreadlocks goes way 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 back um almost the beginning of civilization you know mm -hmm. there's actually a, a segment a group of um hindus uh, in india mm -hmm. are called sadhus sadhus mm -hmm. s-a-d-h-u are holy men and they are from india and they all have dreadlocks mm -hmm. um the dreadlocks I don't know how to describe this, <laughs> but a lot of people describe it as antennas to the universe. It's how we listen, and that's how we are. I feel that because of my dreadlocks, my intuition is sharp. Mm, yeah, that's a, a lot great sharp. Way to put it, yeah, I believe. Um, you know, when people said, "Well, how can you go from my from," you know. Canada to Mexico, those kind of things. Mm -hmm. But it's just when I'm out there, I could I could sense a lot of things and intuition, mm -hmm. and, and I believe it's because of my hair. I'm not sure, but that's just my belief, you know. Yeah. That is uh, my antenna to the universe. Um, on that research that I was reading about Native American and long hair, they they believe that the hair is actually an extension of your nervous system, you know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> so no, it's deeper than it's deeper than um, than teaching your patience yeah. and, and looks and all that stuff. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember um, reading an article about uh, when uh, they started recruiting the wind talkers, and uh, they recruited these Native Americans to uh, um, help stalk and pick up travel and uh, stalk like the enemy to. Yeah. Um, know what's on the ground and see where a person went whether they went behind enemy lines and so they wanted their skill of knowing the terrain uh, to use for military reasons to stalk the bad guys basically but um, they said that when they shaved their head like mm -hmm. they lost 
like their their not their will but their ability to um, track uh, yeah. what they grew up with and right. their their natural skill that they grew up with and um, they said a lot of it was like intuition based mm. where cutting your hair kind of like it didn't disorient them like drastically but it did um, say that they were it was a lot harder yeah. for them to do what they normally did and, and it, a lot of it was like intuition based yeah. their gut feeling um, and so uh, that definitely parallels to what you're talking about yeah. about long hair yeah. and I totally do believe that too because some people do have a natural um, strong intuition and I could just tell well this was my assumption when I first started talking to you just based on my new child mm-hmm. like you do have a strong presence mm-hmm. like oh man yeah this guy is very grounding this mm-hmm. I got yeah, I just see where his, his soul's going and, yeah. and so I, I could definitely see how the, the hair can connect you to mm-hmm. your intuition to be it sharper it's mm. good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, man, yeah, you're awesome. You uh, grew up in Panama, a little bit in Miami. Yeah. Um, going, being curious to walk past McDonald's, kind of. I see you still doing that with these huge long bike trips because uh, just when you told me, I didn't really think about uh, the process of you meeting people and them having such courtesy to uh, offer you food and water and a place to stay. I thought it was just all like... Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. have been able... I always tell people, you, when you travel like that, you're not able to do it by yourself. There's no way mm-hmm. um, people have to help you out, you know? Yeah. yeah. There's probably people that um, have a similar uh, characteristic of uh, being genuine, being just courteous, you know, helping another human. Yeah, I think for the, for the most part, I, like I mentioned before, I never encountered um, any negativity, you know, yeah. or, or, or danger from people, right? Do you think um, that um, you're kind of attracting more people that you resonate with, that are kind of similar to you? On my trips? Yeah, well, I get your trips in, in general. Not necessarily. I mean, um, on the last trip that I took uh, along the southern coast and um, and up the coast, I mean, up um, Alabama, Mississippi, Kentucky, the mm-hmm. southern states, um, no, there was no, no one that looked like me in those trips, you know, no one that was of my culture. Um, but, uh, but again, uh, you know, one, just to give you an example, I was going through Alabama, the middle of nowhere, Alabama, I remember... And I went and I saw this campground and I rode my bike inside and the owner said, is that your bike? I said, yes. He said, where are you going? Where are you coming from? That's always the question because my bags and all that. And he said, uh, we saw you a few miles out and we just wonder where you're coming from. And I said, I'm coming from New Orleans, heading up to Canada, researching the history of the Underground Railroad. And the first thing he said, well, I will not be able to profit uh, from that experience that you're going through so you're going to stay here for free you know and it's so interesting because just before i went on this trip my friends family um, had a lot of fear for me yeah uh, because they're like you're going through the southern states things are you know could be dangerous and this and that and i actually encountered nothing but um, kindness and compassion from people and it was opposite of what you see on cnn and the tv and all this division um, 
that it's been created because I never encountered that kind of things, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's that's crazy how it's a whole different world online because they just spew negativity. Yeah, I you think know? so. And it's, it's crazy. And But when you're at, like, right here in the present moment, it's like, oh, no, it's actually pretty genuine. Yeah, and one time I was um, told by this wise person that says, you know, if you always stay positive, negativity will always get out of your way because negativity doesn't like positive. The light for um, the light that shines mm -hmm. is too bright for, for something negative. Mm -hmm. So negativity always gets out of the way. Yeah. So all you have to do is stay positive. Stay positive. And it's easy. It's a choice. Yeah? It is a choice. Yeah, it's it is a choice. A choice. You, um, you're, strong, uh, you're a strong believer in the, uh, the law of attraction? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, sure. It, it, it just exuding positivity, you're getting all the positivity right back. Yeah, no, Probably truly, really, it's, yeah. uh, it's, uh, it's you know, a real thing, huh? I'm it's a, a real I'm a firm thing. believer. Yeah, yeah. I am as well. I'm as well of the law of attraction. Right? It's, uh, nice, man. It's the law of the universe. Well, now you're here in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Yes. Downtown. Um, tell me about how uh, you set up the, this cafe and these, these coconut espressos uh, and just, you know, how, how do you... Because this is like very entrepreneurial, um, it's business, it's, uh, it's uh, a way to attract people, it's, it's, it's nice, it's good, and uh, just out of your life experience, what you're telling me, very adventurous, grounding, um, I can tell you, very wise, very uh, mm. intuition sharp, how'd you uh, get into uh, the business of uh, this, this cafe, and uh, this entrepreneurial endeavors? Well, um... Like I mentioned earlier, I traveled for about nine years all around the country, and I thought I wanted to do it for the rest of my life, and I will always travel. Uh, but something in one of my trips, and um, about a year, about almost two years ago, I went around the island of Puerto Rico by bicycle. And in that trip, on my second day on my trip, I started missing uh, a community. And that has never happened to me because mm. I didn't care to be a part of a community before. Yeah. But that, something about that trip uh, or the combination, I don't know what happened, but I started missing a community. I started missing like the little things, right? Mm -hmm. Like no one knew me. Everywhere I went, I was a stranger to everyone. Yeah. Um, I could never clean anybody's beach because I, I wasn't part of the community, you know? Yeah. Uh, I can't go to the same coffee shop. I can't go... Those kind of little things yeah. um, I started missing. So uh, I decided to, um, to find roots somewhere. Um, and for me, it was important to find a place that allowed me to bike uh, year-round. Uh, so I started looking into San Diego, maybe Austin and Phoenix, uh, because those are places that allowed me to travel mm -hmm. and, and bike year-round. Because 12 years ago, I decided to uh, give up the car and just move around by bicycle. Mm -hmm. So I have no car, and uh, anywhere I go, I just go by bike. That's awesome. Um, I love how you do that. Um, big decision. Yeah, I have no need um, for now, you know. So for now, I don't have a need for a car, and it has been like that for 12 years. So um, 
I needed it to be very strategic. I had the community had to, I had to work and live downtown. Uh, couldn't find a job, so I decided, you know, I'm gonna hire myself. I came to Phoenix for a couple of months, and I apply, apply, apply. I couldn't find something that I was interested in uh, that compensated me enough to mm -hmm. what I where I was comfortable. So I left Phoenix and I came back. And the next, when I was coming back, I said, "I'm gonna go to Phoenix, but I'm gonna hire myself because um, no one is hiring me. No, no one is hiring me." Right? Yeah. So um, it was a good thing, and I'm glad that no one hired me. Uh, and I and I and I thank them every day because <laughs> uh, because of that experience, I am where I wanted to be, which is owning a coffee shop. How I ended up here was. A friend of mine had told me about this bike shop, and I walked in, and I just loved the area, the the, the, the energy of this place. And I, I asked to speak to the owner of the shop, at the Velo, and asked him to sublease this uh, little place uh, to, for the coffee shop, and um, and that's how the ball got started. Um, I just walked in, and I decided, hey, I like this place. I didn't know if it was gonna be for rent or not. I just decided. This is why I'm going to rent. Yeah, I don't know. Something inside me yeah. says, you better open your mouth. So I opened it. I said, can I speak to the owner? Uh, and the owner was like, it's not for, it's not for rent. Um, but little by little, we um, got to an agreement uh, two months later uh, for me to come in and own this coffee shop. About a year prior to that, I thought about the idea of Bicycle Nomad uh, because... I wanted to create a business and say if I ever have a business I'll name it Bicycle Nomad. Yeah. So you knew the name before you established yeah, the business. Yeah, yeah. Well I was selling t shirts um, oh, okay. on, on like uh, university talks and things that I was doing uh, prior to um, so when I did that trip on the Underground Railroad, I mm -hmm. got invited to speak at several universities. Oh, wow, nice. And when I went to speak at those universities, I decided to make some t-shirts with the name Bicycle Nomad to compensate for some of the, um, for trips and things like that. So when I came in, I, I told the owner, when we made the agreement of owning the coffee shop here, I made the agreement to, um, we made the agreement to, to name it Bicycle Nomad Cafe. Um, and so it's been great um, because I know today that I am, I am at the perfect place in my life today uh, and it's Phoenix, Arizona because I've created a community of uh, people that support my business. Um, yeah, and I, and I, you definitely got me coming mm -hmm. back every day. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I would have been able to do what I have done in the amount of period of time somewhere else. Maybe I could have, maybe I, I don't know. But here was done, and um, we do a bicycle ride out of the shop the second Saturday of every month, talking about a community, right? Building a community because mm -hmm. um, prior to coming here, for me was traveling was what was feeding my soul. Yeah. yeah. But now what feeds my soul is not the travel and those experiences, but what feeds my soul is the sense of community, of me being a member of this community, mm -hmm. of people. Um, supporting my business yeah. and me supporting them uh, so I decided to do um, bicycle rides out of the coffee shop we have two right now one is the second Saturday of every month we call it the bicycle nomad cafe second Saturday ride so we partner up with uh, Phoenix spokespeople and those are Phoenix spokespeople are advocacy group 
um, here, uh, bicycle advocacy group here in downtown, and they fight for bicycle lanes, bicycle infrastructure. Oh, wow. uh, so we partner up with them to to do these rides every month, and uh, we're we're very close to having 50 people. My goal is to eventually have 100 people at this mm -hmm. ride. The um, yeah, we had a ride. Uh, in November that we had about 46, 47 people attended. Nice, nice. Um, and then we have another ride that set the first Sunday of every month called uh, Bicycle Nomad Photo Ride. Um, I love social media. I love what social media has done for my business. Um, and, and, and it's just, I love pictures. And I yeah. love showing experiences and capturing the moment. Capturing the moment. So we decided to do this photo ride with um, a few Instagrammers, and and that's going well too. We have yeah. about 20 to 25 oh, sure. people yeah. that come into those rides. And, and again, going back to what I said, um, community is what's feeding me right now. Yeah. You know, which is yeah, the community. Would you guys all say um, what kind of brought you guys together? Is sharing the same perspective? <laughs> well, the same love of of the bicycle. We just wanna, we just wanna that's, be. Yeah, it's a real, it is a. Uh, community actually the one I've actually just got into which I never knew Phoenix had is the uh, the salsa community the dancing okay. community yeah yeah and I never knew there were so many like sub communities and just you know subcultures in their own way yes. in the city and um so just I just had to chime that in there with the, the no, dancing yeah. but I gotta get in on this uh, second Saturday but I never knew that this place yeah. does that wow that's that's awesome yeah mm -hmm. second Saturday of every month. Yeah. Uh, we do this right and you're welcome to come in and uh, bring a friend uh, it is how we're going to grow this uh, movement mm -hmm. and hopefully um, you know our, our, we just want to we want to enjoy our city we want our city to become a better bicycle friendly city mm -hmm. uh, we want the government the, the, the state officials and the, and the city official um, to, to add more bicycle infrastructure uh, to become a better um, bicycle friendly city mm -hmm. uh, Phoenix is one of the the worst cities is it? To, yeah wow um, but, but we're getting better yeah. we're getting better yeah. and uh, uh, but we there's a lot of work to be done yeah. I never knew that um, the biking community like was like a real thing but uh, I just the other day it's been a long time since I rode a bike mm -hmm. and then it was that well, you never forget so. no yeah you never forget no, but it was like a long time just yeah. Living my routine life of you know, finishing up school, doing projects and podcasts, and uh, meeting people through you know Uber driving and uh, trying to try new experiences. But I'm doing it all with you know commuting by by a car. But when I uh, I, was, I was at my buddy's house, he had a bike there, and I'm like, you know what? Like, I, it's been a while since I rode a bike, and I jumped on that thing, and oh man, I felt like a kid again. And just moving your own body, I'm very body oriented. Like to work out, like to salsa, like to dance and do yoga, and just getting back on that bike again gave me that nostalgic feeling of being a kid again. Yeah. And you just you could go wherever you want. You yeah. go on the terrain. You go on the street, and it was like it did something to me. And yeah. I mean, because I was constantly coming here for those coconut espressos and yes. just being surrounded by bikes. Um, just like I said, it's little things. It's like oh man. Yeah. Yeah, the bicycle nice. is uh, honestly is bicycle provided kids us uh, freedom and it still does that mm -hmm. 
you know it allows you to move from one place to another place without with human powered yeah you know? yeah so you're not dependent not dependent on oil or gas you know yeah which uh we should um eventually get off of get off yeah. of yeah yeah i mean oh, not yeah. all yeah I, I encourage people to to bike um not not i mean for so many reasons right mm -hmm. to um to fight obesity diabetes um to become more healthy and not only physically but mentally mm -hmm. the bike does that you know yeah. the bike takes you to places to where you relax and stuff where you're not tensed up you in a bike you're not tense like you are in uh, on, on the freeway on i-10 you know surrounded by cars yeah. and honking yeah. and yeah. more just yeah. Yeah. gas yeah yeah you're right um yeah i always wonder why dogs always want to be outside uh you know when they, you put them outside in the window yeah and the dogs are always like yeah, yeah. At the we're, we're, we're the same way, man. We are, On yeah, a bike, you know? Yeah. On a bike where we're like, like, oh, you feel And what's horrible is that when people kind of miss this connection of freedom of just, you know, strolling around on a bike, you know, breathing fresh air and actually physically moving your body, making you, um, you know, mentally sharper. Um, those people that are missing that connection, I think... Uh, make it even worse by the food and like the fast food and the sodas and the alcohol you know they're trying to compensate for that missing link of just being outside riding your bike and instead of actually doing it they uh, bury themselves deeper you know in fast food and just unhealthiness yeah yeah I mean again the bike is um it's a freedom machine, man. It's a freedom machine. Yeah. Freedom machine. Right on, man. Well, man, I got so many more questions to ask you and to continue this, but I think we got to start wrapping up here. Um, okay. I guess, do you have a, a set perspective on life out of your, your adventures of biking, meeting new people, Panama to Miami to here, to building this community? Um, do you have a like a a set perspective of uh, I guess to trying to make sense of uh, your world? You know, I um, you know I lost my mom, the person that um, I loved the most, at, at an age of I was nineteen, my freshman year of college. She oh, was wow. forty six, forty seven, uh, so she she passed really really young. Uh, she loved life, was full of life. Uh, changed me a lot. Uh, reason why I am who I am because of her, mm -hmm. how she brought me up, but because of that experience too. You know, losing my mom taught me that uh, life is very precious, right? She was full of life and was taken at a, um, where she has some more and more to accomplish, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but she, so I understand, and she always told me when I was a kid. Always, you know, I, as far as I could remember, always telling me that when she died, she was going to die happy because she wasn't going to have regrets, mm. uh -huh. you know. And um, I don't know if she was training me or why she was telling me these things, but always told me when I die, I will die happy and I will have regrets. And I live by that mantra. Yeah. 
Nice. When that's I die, I won't mantra. have regrets. <laughs> that's a good mantra to have. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I won't. I want. I want to lie. I, I want to live. Yeah. You know. So. Um, yeah. Nice. Do you have a? Did you uh, grow up with any like specific religion to follow, or is it? Yeah, more we um, unconventional. We, no, we grew up uh, Catholic. Catholic. Yeah. Catholic. We grew up Catholic. Are you? Uh, firm in the, the, the belief of organized religion or do you have like your own philosophy other than your, your mantra to have no regrets like some people like to go a little crazy on uh, organized religion and doing the ceremonies and traditions of believing God and some people uh, take the unconventional way of having it just a personal relationship and not really trying to infringe on others do, do you have a your own philosophy you know with, I don't God yeah, you know, there's, there's definitely a higher power, right? Because mm -hmm. um, whatever that is, if you want to call it God, the universe, there, there's something mm -hmm. that guides us. And, and, and because I, I, I feel it from experiences of how I've been, you know, I'm here. Mm -hmm. at a, I'm at a coffee shop that I own, downtown Phoenix, inside a bike shop. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, that's... Man, either I'm lucky or what, but how, how did I end up here, yeah. uh, uh, you know, at a place? I mean, I'm tattooed with <laughs> a bike, you know? Nice. So, nice, I mean, nice. um, so something guided me here. Yeah, yeah. So, something. something. I don't know. So, I don't believe in organized religion, yeah. and I'm not against it. I, it's not for me. Mm -hmm. um, no, yeah, I do believe in law yeah, and yeah. love. You know, I believe in taking care of, of, of each other. Love you know? is a powerful thing. Yeah, and yeah. that's my religion, yeah. 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 Nice, man, yeah. Yeah, I just, I just had to ask just because um, I have some podcasts with some uh, organized religion fanatics yeah. that are so set in their ways. And I just like to mess around and grapple and like, play devil's advocate, no pun intended. Yes. But... Um, because sometimes I feel like it, it holds people back, the organized religions, the, the tradition and ceremonies. Like, they're not really following their, their intuition as much as other people to uh, not let the organized religion kind of separate them. <laughs> you know? So. Yeah, I mean, you know, we could be here. That's, that's another podcast, right? Yeah, Talk about yeah. religion, organized religion and stuff. But... You know, whatever works for you, right? Who are we to judge anyone? Yeah. You know, if yeah. it works for them, it's okay. Yeah. You know, this doesn't work for me. Yeah. yeah. It's like, um, just like my life, my lifestyle. You know, it might not work for someone. You know. Yeah. But it works for me. It who is anyone? Who is anyone to judge me? Um, how I live my life. Yeah. yeah, and that's all that matters. You know. Yeah. So if it works for them, I'm okay with that. You know. Right on, man. As long as they don't hurt people and stuff like that and yeah. animals and. Cool. Well, all right. I think uh, I should officially wrap this up. Yeah. Or else I could go on forever. Um, thank you for coming and doing this, man. Hey, this Michael. Is, this thank is awesome. you very much, and I hope uh, I see you again. Maybe we we'll do another podcast. Oh something. yeah, I know, do many. I, think I'm I really, sure we uh, got some. this is a good format, and uh, I love I love the work that you're doing, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Do you have a uh, Anywhere people can reach you, for them listening, uh, social media, where they can reach you? Yeah, so um, I have a website called IamBicycleNomad.com. 
Uh, we have a website for the coffee shop, bicyclenomadcafe.com. Mm -hmm. uh, on Instagram, we are bicycle underscore nomad. And also on Facebook, you find us at Bicycle Nomad. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, man. All right, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Boom. Oh.